All right, everyone, welcome to season four of Working Out the Kings, the podcast with Tosh Dadula. And today we have Tiffany Slade from Birthing Boldly LLC here. And um, she's going to talk to us today about, you know, the topic of breastfeeding versus formula feeding. And, you know, sometimes that could be a little controversial. I don't know why, as long as the baby's fed. But, you know, let's, we're going to shoot it to her and she's going to talk about her company and what she does. So, Tiffany. Hey everybody, so my name is Tiffany. I'm born and raised in North Carolina. Um, I'm the owner of Birth and Boldly. This um, business was created in April of 2020. Um, I've been working with families for over 12 years. So that's always been a passion um, of mine to work with families. Um, I have uh, various backgrounds in different ways. I'm a lactation consultant. Um, student midwife. I'll be graduating in December. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, it's been a journey, but a good journey. Um, as well as a full spectrum doula, so fertility, birth, postpartum, um, and a childbirth educator. So um all the different things. So different types of perinatal education as well, like newborn care and postpartum care as well. Um but I've always wanted to work with families. It was a passion of mine to be a midwife. I just came into lactation. Um, it, I'm not going to say it fell on my hands, but working with families in the hospital um, with lactation and then nursing my own child. I have four kids. So my oldest, I had um, at a young age, fully nursed him and did well, but was the first person in my family to breastfeed. Um, so it was new for everybody and it was a journey. It was a good journey, but it still was a journey of learning and also teaching family as time went on. So that kind of developed my passion with lactation and then circled back to midwifery. So all the things working with um, moms and babies and families, love all of it. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. I mean, you have all the initials behind your name. a little bit about me. <laughs> so, I mean... Listening to your story, the first thing you uh, kind of picked up, you said that you was the first one in your family to breastfeed. And I'm kind of curious, do you, why do you think that you may have been the first? Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like it was just innate in me to always be curious about birth and breastfeeding. Like I can remember as early as like before even being in school, like very little, like maybe five or six, like wanting to watch birthing shows and was curious about the aspect of delivering outside of a hospital. So not in a bad way, because my family fostered my learning, but they always joked like she's the odd one and the different one out the family. Like she doesn't think like this. That's what they would say, which they still say it, but not in a bad way. So yeah. um, I was the first to breastfeed. I was the first um, not to not have a natural childbirth because my mother and my grandmothers both had natural childbirths, but um, they all delivered in hospitals, whereas I didn't um, with three out of four of my children. I did birth centers for most of them. So um, it's just always been like ingrained in me um, in an instinct to be curious and interested in this. I will say I talked to my mom um, about breastfeeding because as I went on with having children and my family learned more, I remember my dad just being like, well, this is like super beneficial. Like why you didn't do it? And she was just like that one for me. So I don't know like truly what it was, but you do kind of look at our history and our ancestors farther back breastfed. But the, as time went on, 
it was almost shunned when you looked at our community because it was so much trauma from our history of nursing. So oh, I feel yeah. like some of that may have came yeah, from that. Because both my grandmothers had large families. Like one had 16, one had 12 kids. So they had large families. No, that's actually something to think about. Like, you know, like generational trauma when it comes to breastfeeding. And I mean, everything kind of gets tied down to our history. Um, but we're not going to, I guess, delve too far into that because that wasn't even the topic. I just asked a question. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, you know, I'm a part of all these different groups because, you know, being a doula, you know, you jump into the lactation groups, you jump into like mothering groups, you kind of like, you know, get a feel of like your community. And something that I, I've noticed in certain groups, you know, that sometimes there is this breastfeeding versus formula feeding fight. Uh, personally, I do think breastfeeding is better, but if the mom can't then I, or chooses not to, you know, formula feeding isn't terrible. So I guess what the question is, is um, is there really like a difference between the two um, as in like the baby getting enough nutrition or even like the bonding aspect of it? Yeah, so it is a difference. Um, and I'm all there for how you worded it. It's like the group, they can be persuaded different ways, depending on what group you're in. So mm -hmm. just looking at the nutritional facts, breastfeeding and breast milk is better for the infant and the mother. So of course you have the bonding, which is good, but also the protection on moms from like cervical cancer, um, the issues they're having later on in life with breast cancer, or even the child, like asthmas, infections, ear infections, diabetes, like, you know, tons of benefits that way, but also the nutritional benefit because our bodies make perfect milk for our babies. Mm -hmm. So the milk we have from like day one to day five to one month old, even to toddler is consistently changing. It's never the same. Um, because babies go through many different growth parts and different um, nutritional needs. And so the breast milk changes to meet those needs and the calories aren't set. So a formula, depending on what formula you buy, you're going to have that set amount of calories when mom's milk changes calories. So it's never one set amount of calories because it's what the baby needs at that point in time. Right, our bodies um, are so amazing. <laughs> so it I mean, is. It's like we were made for this. It, it, it is. It's like you know, I've I've heard stories of you know a baby being sick and like the mom's milk would change to give the baby the the correct nutrients that it needs to feel better. Yes, it does. And then I know a lot of people, especially with COVID, you know, it's all that controversy, like separating moms and babies. And mm -hmm. it's like before mama even knows she's sick with any sickness, her body has already started making milk, giving it to that, that baby before anybody knew anything. So that baby is protected beforehand. Um, and it's just our bodies being so amazing and able to do that. Um, now, when it comes to formula, it is different types of formula based on the child and what their needs are because different babies have different um, metabolic issues that may need different types of formulas. So I do feel like there is a place for formula because all moms have a choice and some moms don't prefer to breastfeed or aren't able to breastfeed mm -hmm. um, or, you know, any situation. So I think there is a place for formula. Um, of course, they try to market it just like breast milk. It's not just like breast milk. They try to get it as close 
to breast milk as they can, mainly with synthetic um, properties, but it's not breast milk, but it's needed if a mom is not going to give breast milk to her baby. Absolutely. So what are the phases of breast milk? Because I know, like it, like you said, it changes between day to day, you know, when the baby first gets here. Mm -hmm. So when um, the when you first deliver the baby, then you deliver the placenta, the delivery of the placenta um, causes the prolactin levels to increase. So you have colostrum in the beginning. Your body's making milk while you're pregnant. So usually around 16 weeks, your body's making milk, whether you're leaking or not. So because some moms worry about that. Um, so it's there, but you don't usually see it in abundance until later on and after you've delivered the baby in placenta. So you have in the beginning colostrum, um, really measured in small amounts. So where we measure milk in like ounces, that's more like teaspoons. It's um, thick, yellow, tons of um, antibiotics to baby because they're coming into a new environment. So that's that protection form. Um, they don't need a lot of it in the beginning. Their stomachs are super small, like the size mm -hmm. of a small marble. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have transitional milk, which is usually between day two, day five. Everybody's um, lactogenesis could be a little bit different, but that's generally when it starts transitioning over. And that is when it's transitioning from the colostrum moving to the mature milk. Um, and mature milk is typically white, like cow's milk we drink. Um, and you will have mature milk Anyway, anywhere from one week on throughout your breastfeeding journey. Um, and all of those types of milk still changes depending on the baby's needs. Right. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that breakdown. Um, just in case, you know, people might need like a, a pick me up or just like, okay, so why does the milk change colors? I'm like, that's pretty much why. It's just, you know, it changes for what the baby truly needs at that moment. So I have another question for you. So, you know, I've had um, a couple clients myself at this point uh, who have planned to breastfeed and then unfortunately, like the milk just does not come in the way how they want it to. So then they decide to formula feed, which is fine. Um, but then sometimes they like feel guilty about that or they feel shame about it. Um, personally, how would you go about dealing with a parent, a mom who is going through that situation? Um, first, with all my family, I give them the disclaimer um, that, and not saying it's like this with everybody, but I've been doing this for a while and been around a lot of um, lactation consultants, and some mm -hmm. of them can be super pushy, yeah. um, and I feel like the ones that are that way, that causes moms to become more withdrawn, and they don't feel like they have that open dialogue to speak freely because they feel like they're being judged, so that is like my first disclaimer I make with families. I'm like, Breast, breast milk and breastfeeding is good for your baby. It's the best. But it's your decision and what you want to do for your baby is what matters. So I always say, like, I don't want any hungry babies and I don't want any stressed out mamas because the mental health can take a precedence over everything because if she's not in the right mind frame, then she can't do anything for her baby. Um, so I always make that disclaimer to them and I allow families to tell me their goals and I just work best with them to get them to the, their goal because everybody's nursing journey looks different. Um, I assure them that whatever nursing looks like for them, whether that's latching a baby or solely pumping, donor milk, however you want your journey to look, it is okay because it is your journey. And I remind families to have grace with yourself. 
um, just specialist women anywhere. We're hard on ourselves with anything, mm. but especially when it comes to motherhood and having grace with yourself can be hard, but rewarding um, at the end, because if you're like beating yourself up, it just makes it way more harder. So I'm all for babies just being fed and the overall um, family dynamic to be working so they feel supported. And nine times out of 10, working with families, and I make this disclaimer, they're more open to me, they talk to me. And even the ones that started out not wanting to breastfeed or kind of on the fence are typically fully breastfeeding without even realizing it because their guard is let down and they can be fully open with me. Yeah, thank you for saying that. Like, give, like that's probably one of my favorite phrases. Like, no matter where you are in life, just give yourself grace. Because I'm like, you know, you kind of have to, people hold themselves up to like this expectation of what motherhood is and what they expect it to be. And then sometimes when you actually reach that goal, it can be quite different. <laughs> so, You're right. um, you know, I had this one particular client and, you know, she felt so bad because she just felt like, you know, it was her second time going in and she felt like she failed. And I was like, is his tummy full? Is he, is he content? Is he happy? Then you then you succeeded. You're like, you're you're okay. You succeeded. <laughs> like you did exactly what you had to do. Yeah. So. And it's okay. Yeah. I joke. I'm like, my mom didn't breastfeed me, breastfeed me, and I feel like I turned out okay. Um, so you know, it kind of goes on. You can't just solely look at one thing. You gotta meet the family where they are. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, um, if we are meeting people where they are, um, this is like a two-point question. What would be your top three formulas? Because there's different companies out there and there's different things added, like you mentioned before, like synthetic things that's added to uh, these different formulas and they can be a little bit confusing. And then now there's like a liquid formula too. So it's just like, what would be the best to grab uh, if you are um, formally feeding your child? And then if you are breastfeeding and you're using a breast pump, because you know it's like the electric breast pumps, there's like the haka. So what's like the best to grab if I was breastfeeding? Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode. This episode is sponsored by me and Working Out the Kink Services. Our services provide a friendly, safe space that allows equality and equity into the birthing and postpartum space. If you want to learn more about what we do, visit our link tree at WOTK Services. Now back to the episode. Um, so I answer the formula question first. So of course, with being an IBCLC, like our code of like conduct and things, we can't promote certain things. Um, and all the formulas, I would say, as far as if you have the basic formulas like Infamil, Similac, um, Gerber, they're all bases about the same as far as properties that's within it. Now, mm -hmm. when you get into like the organic formulas or like goat milk um, formula base, those would differ some. So it depends on the parent and what they're looking for. So I always tell parents, especially if we can, I can meet them during pregnancy and before the baby's even here. Um, all families have an idea of what they see for their family um, and what they will want their baby to have. And some of them prefer goat's milk or something like that. So I 
have them do their research and find out what works best for their family. So I don't ever recommend a certain type of formula. Now, if I have babies um, having certain issues um, where it's like reflux or gas or um, where they're needing a hypoallergenic formula like um, alimentum or something like that, then that's different, of course, because they're going to have to work with the dietitian, get prescriptions and those types of things. Um, but in that basis, I just leave it to families to kind of figure out what works best for them and do their research. Um, when it comes down to pumps, I will say I don't re recommend a certain pump because everybody's body reacts differently to pumps. But in my years of doing this, I have seen, um, I would say the top three brands that works good with families is the Medela and Spectra. Um, Hands-free is usually uh, Willow or LV. Um, those two families really like those as far as a hands-free um, brand. Um, but when it comes to the Haka, I do like the Haka. Um, and I suggest families to get a Haka or a manual pump, even if they don't have an electric pump right away, just because that's a nice, easy way to be able to store milk without having to put a lot of effort right away into it. Because I really like for um, if a mom's goal is to latch, to mainly latch those first few weeks. That's a good one, you know. Um, yeah, I've I've heard women say that like the haka is kind of like their little saving grace, you know, just kind of just put it on there and it just the body just do what the body do. So I, I just well I kind of ask. Um so here's another one, and I hope that you know I'm not just reading into like a lot of different things, but I'm like, you know what, I have somebody who is a consultant, so she would know. Um I've read somewhere that um babies who tend to be formula feds tend to be overfed and is there have you seen anything like that like you know actually working around women who are feeding their babies mm -hmm. so formula fed babies can be overfed but mainly what is the overfeeding issue is the bottle and the bottle nipple not necessarily what's in the bottle because I have seen breastfed babies be overfed as well if um, they're getting primarily bottles or getting some bottles and that's just because that nipple that's on the bottle um, typically they market different types of bottles of course but none of them are exactly like our nipple and typically the bottle nipple will reach all the way back into the baby's mouth to hit their reflex to make them keep sucking whereas mm. our nipple doesn't so the baby is able to see and feel when they're full on their own and stop eating and kind of fall off to sleep or relax so I encourage pace feeding whether they're mainly breastfeeding or giving formula um, or just using bottles here and there, that pace feeding helps to cause babies not to overeat, but also teaching baby stomach sizes so they know how much that they should be putting in the bottle and kind of watching baby for it to make sure it's not an overfeeding issue. Um, now, with all that being said, I will say because babies digest formula different from breast milk and the calories don't change in formula like it does in breast milk, then you will see formula-fed babies, the amount of ounces usually increase as they get a little bit older. Whereas breastfed babies, if they're getting their breast milk, it can cap off anywhere between like two and a half to three and a half ounces um, at four months, at, at one month, all the way up. Um, and sometimes that can deviate and be a little bit more, but that's usually like the average across the board. 
So um, I think education just comes in the play. If you can get with the family and educate them on it, um, then they'll see that the baby's usually being overfed. Now, if they've already stretched the baby's stomach out, then that's another whole ball game. You, you're not going to have a baby that's used to getting like seven, eight ounces, go back down, down to four ounces and be happy with you. That's going right. to be some work. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be some work. They're used to that eight ounces. So, I mean, since you already kind of mentioned like, you know, the like when a baby is first born, excuse me, um, you mentioned that, you know, the baby's stomach is about the size of a marble. Would you mind going over the sizes of baby's stomachs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so around um, a day old, it's about five to seven milliliters the baby can take. Um, by the time they're a week old, usually about an ounce, it kind of jumps up, but slowly. Um, they do a lot of cluster feeding between that day two to day five so you want to be mainly if you can latching the baby and watching feeding cues even if it seems like they're latching often that's fine that's helping that mature milk come in um, as well and then around two weeks old they can be anywhere from one to two ounces just depending on the baby um, about four weeks old that's when they're at that that stage of being anywhere from two and a half to three and a half ounces and that kind of stays there now I have seen some um fully breastfed babies be around four to five ounces it kind of depends on what the family's been giving them to but usually two and a half to three and a half ounces is that good safe spot all right um so before I let you go I just want to say first of all thank you for being here and also just being just talking and giving us everything that we need because uh I appreciate it um sometimes it's really hard to get people to come on here and like talk about their experience or just like you know being able to so nicely put everything you say into a way that's super comprehensive for anyone to understand so thank you for that um, but before I let you go I would like to ask do you have any type of success story that you can share with us Yes. Are you wanting one with breastfeeding and formula? A little bit of both. Um, well, not a little bit of both, because you know, I while I have named this episode breastfeeding versus formula feeding, I don't think it should really be a versus. It should be, you know, whatever makes that baby happy. But yeah, go on. Good. Okay. Um, so I have tons of stories um on both ways where families have necessarily not been sure of how to navigate. Um, I will say in particular, because this will help go over digestion differences as well. Um, I've had a family be concerned, like her goal was to do a little bit of both. She primarily um, breastfed, but she was mainly, she was really concerned because she offered formula and baby stayed full longer with the formula. So it was a lot of doubt in her body that she thought something was wrong with her while the formula filled up the baby and her breast milk didn't. So tons of education with explaining that babies digest breast milk and formula different. So breast milk is all natural, babies get it. It doesn't stay in the intestines long. So they poop it right, right out. That's why it's more watery um, and more liquidy. It's not formed as much. Whereas when um, babies get formula, that's man-made, so it sits in the intestines a little bit longer. And while it's sitting in the intestines, it's, the intestines are drawing more water from the um, the stool. And then when they poop, it's more formed. 
and um, usually a darker color and um, shouldn't still be hard, but form where you can still push it down, but form. Um, and I feel like after providing that education, she knew baby wasn't constipated because that's was something she was worried about. And she understood why the baby seemed full longer because it was just sitting in the baby's stomach, the formula was. So she went on to breastfeed, no issues. She supplemented here, there, just as she needed to. Um, but she felt more empowered by her journey because she had the education to back and understand what was going on. Um, and she nursed even past the baby being one years old. Um, at that point, she didn't give any formula, but yeah, a beautiful experience. Um, no major concerns and got a happy, healthy toddler still latching onto the boot. Thank you so much for telling that story and just sharing your time with us. Uh, I think right now might be the perfect time to end this episode. So um, guys, if you have any questions, how can they reach you, Tiffany, at Birth and Boldly? Yes, the website is birthingboldlyllc.com. Feel free to reach out. Or um, if you're wanting a quick lactation visit, you can text MILK to 336-347-8082 and social media handles on all platforms is Perkin Boatly. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us. Guys, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. If you have any questions, please reach out to Burthen Boatly and y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you.